Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple and very common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So, so to solve this issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week, we sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the wonderful story sent in by you listeners. Exactamundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. So we got stuff to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe you've noticed that we have not had a podcast in a couple of, of weeks. And uh, believe it or not, we have very good reason for it. I know uh-huh. on my end, I've been doing a lot of summer classes, which is taking up all of my time. And I think on your end, do you, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, uh, I've been in the process of, <laughs> of moving um, as well as uh, some pretty crippling depression, in addition to heartbreak, yes. it's kind of been a lot recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm medicated, which is good, especially the Adderall, because it gives you me dopamine, which makes me less awfully oh, yeah. awful-brained. However, I took it too late the other day, and I was like twitchy the entire night. Like, I I understand Damn. now why meth heads get all twitchy. It's because it felt like unbearably uncomfortable to stay still um so uh now i now i know and and i guess it's light too late in the day and i guess it's because you you took it so so late that your body is being hit with the adderall so it's just like yeah i was trying to lie still in bed so i could go to sleep but yeah my whole body was like actually we should be running right now um (laughs) oh no yeah i'm sorry that's probably an awful feeling it kind of was, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, anyway, so that's just like one of the little episodes that I've I've had going on here. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm bouncing around between Airbnbs and um, yeah, you've been flooded with work. So the the, the point is, is that flooded we with have, work and depression. Yeah, and we've been flooded with a lot of things, uh, and I'm I'm not on the other side of that yet either. And doing this podcast, I love it. Um, but I just, I don't think I'm coordinated enough to do it well or yeah, consistently or well. Um, and we, yeah, we apologize for how that's affected our writers. Yeah. Just to, just to dedicate that, that time to it. Cause I mean, yeah, this, this podcast is such a joy to, to make, but it is mm-hmm. requiring about five to six hours to do during a, a, a given week. And it's crazy to, to see like when you do get really busy and when you do have like a, a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. get like sitting down for, for 30 minutes to a right isn't terribly hard, but sitting down yeah. for six hours to write, read and talk is a pretty daunting task when you have like something due every day. And when you, yeah. and when you're just not really feeling it, like I know, depression can make us feel in a lot of times yeah um i also just have practical issues i'm keeping a lot of my stuff uh at a friend's place and so you know i left my microphone there and it takes an hour to get over there so it's just like yeah Mm -hmm. an hour to get back anyway point is yeah stuff's added up um so yeah this is all leading up to we're going to be i think stopping doing the podcast for at least a while if not um, I don't want to say the word forever, 
but it's definitely yeah, like an, or the an, word like, indefinite yeah 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 of just um you know we, we've had some ideas uh of, of stuff that we might want to do like doing this once a month perhaps um and then gathering up all the stories for that month and, and talking about it that way um but we don't yeah we're not in a place to commit to that right now either uh, maybe once i have yeah. a place, i'll see how i feel um mm-hmm. but but i mean yeah. of course we we have to re- remember that we won't stop posting words each each mm-hmm. week and i know that both of us want to make a deeper co- commitment to at least commenting and at least mm-hmm. talking within the um discord about the stories that y'all write cuz y'all do write great stories and we've appreciated everything that y'all have done for for this podcast ever since it sort of started so we're going to continue to do that and we are going to hopefully try and record once a month to sort of just just put some, something out there. I just know for for both of us where we are right right now, we can't dedicate that time to it. Wrong yeah, place, yeah. wrong time. So sense. don't don't know when that once a month thing would start off if we decide to do that. Um, yeah. yeah, I do want to say y'all have been so so kind and encouraging. I, I know y'all can tell that we're going through shit um, because you <laughs> yeah. guys. Go out of your way to to show and tell us how much you appreciate the podcast, and that does feel really, really good. Um, and I'm really glad that it's been something to um, that helped y'all out. Like we've yeah, consistently had at least five people every single week for mm-hmm. years now, which is yeah. amazing. It's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what's the math yeah, on it? Even over a thousand uh, stories. Well, what? Let's see. Yeah, for for the last couple of years, five stories per per week. Let's say fifty weeks. So, yeah, so two hundred and fifty stories, roughly, for mm. a year. So it's been at least a thousand stories. Yeah, yeah, and then in the beginning we had a lot too, um, as well. So re- regardless, um, yeah, I do want to say it was, it has been extremely encouraging seeing y'all write your stories and and pour out your appreciation and we really really appreciate that in turn um it's been mm-hmm. like a really nice thing and y'all have also made some wonderful stories i loved reading the, the wholesome ones um including the one that we're going to be <laughs> yeah. reading this week um they were good for pick-me-ups so yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely but yeah uh, even though we might not be doing this as often as we used to we will still have the do the right thing spirit in our hearts mm-hmm. and we will definitely still be doing the right thing. So hopefully y'all continue to do so also. Yeah. When I get to a settle into a place and like have less stuff going on with my emotions all the time, I definitely, definitely mm-hmm. will be sitting down and doing, you know, setting a timer and doing the right thing. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and hopefully I can share the stories with y'all when that happens. Um, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that's all the the bummer talk <laughs> that we really need. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we definitely need to pick up the mood a bit. <laughs> yeah, and let's do that with um, our story this week. Um, what are the words? And then who are we, who are we reading? Yes. So the story for this week uh, is by Comedo Soup with Covalence. And the words for this week were margin, engine, revive, and lump. 
um, as well as we'll be talking about the stories um, from last week, Sister, Curtain Wreck, and Amputate. Um, but here yes. is Kamado Soup's story, Convalescence. Mm-hmm. Sarah stared at where her arm ended in a lump. She raised the lump and then let the lump fall back onto the sheets. Life is always going to be just a bit shittier now, she said. You don't know that, said Kana. Really? In what way would life ever be improved from having no arm? Tell me, please. Kana didn't look up from her book. After a few seconds, she turned the page. I don't know. No? Then your little optimisms can go bite it. Kana turned another page. We might find out that there's some hidden magical system unbeknownst to us that is only accessible to people who only have one arm. Sarah stared blankly at her friend. Do you have any knowledge of such a magic system? Are you a part of it and trying to clue me in as much as you can without revealing the masquerade? Kana turned another page. No. Then once again, alternatively, there might be some alien dude that's really into one-armed chicks. Like, maybe it's really attractive to him and you're singled out for that reason. And it's not like a fetish thing, more like he likes you for your intrinsic you-ness, but starts noticing you and especially notices how gracefully you're treating your lack of arm. Sarah frowned. That still sounds like a fetish thing. I literally said it's not. I went into some detail about it. Yeah, but you did it in a really specific and directed way that makes it feel like it's definitely a fetish thing. This is your problem, Sarah. You don't trust people. Kana turned the page. It doesn't even have to be an alien, you know. It could be a being from a different dimension. Or a demon. That wasn't the part I had an issue with. Okay, what if he's from, like, a dimension where everyone he knows only had one arm, but he's memory-wiped, so he doesn't really know why there's this lingering subconscious attraction he has to your one arm? Sarah threw a pillow at her. You're doing this on purpose! Kana smiled at her from under her book. You won't be smiling once I get this mechanical arm fitted and throw that two-handed. I don't think throwing two-handed is necessarily better. Sure it is. You don't see pitchers throwing with both hands, do you? They're doing it wrong then. Evidently. Not putting their two-handedness to good use? Very ungrateful of them, agreed Kana. Sarah sighed. So, she said, how does this thing work anyways? Sarah poked the strange mechanical helmet at the foot of her bed. It calibrates your new mechanical arm to you, answered Kana. Yeah? Yep. It's pretty interesting, actually. You know that thing in movies where there's a rigorous montage of physio and stuff and some person perseveres and regains more movement than the pessimistic diagnosis said they'd ever achieve? Sure. Well, this machine kind of simulates that for you. Kana tapped the cranial contraption. 
It emitted a dull, distressing whine. It basically simulates several quadrillion different, very determined to get better versions of you. Take those neural leanings, takes those neural learnings, then copy paste the average into your brain. So after we're done with this, I'll be some kind of mech arm wielding expert. Well, as much of an expert as several quadrillion versions of you are capable of being, anyways. Slightly above average, then. Sounds about right. Sarah looked up at the ceiling, then let out a long breath. Well, might as well get started. Kana helped her fit the new arm to her stump. As the helmet was put into place, a large green screen projected out of her arm. A screen rendering a scene. Sarah stared as the hot demon gazed lovingly at her sim's eyes as she grunted her way through some mechanical arm-related exercise. What the hell is this? I told you, said Kana, grinning beside her. The AI's engine simulates whatever it thinks will best motivate you to work at getting better at using your new prosthetic. Really? This is what the helmet thinks I'd respond to? Hot demon physio? Kana shrugged. Hey, if the AI says that's what you respond to, it's what you respond to. It is what it is. Sarah noticed there was a slider at the bottom margin of the interface. One projected slide out of an untold number. Oh my god, there's more! Sarah flipped through a few other simulated slices. In one, an amorphous blob of congealed jello gently guided her mechanical arm from behind as her sim worked at molding clay into a vase in front of her. Hey look, Kana reached over. You can expand the scene. Wait, don't... Sarah gasped as Glorbnok oozed into the minuscule seams of her arm. When he was fully immersed, it seemed as though her arm was aglow with a soft blue light. Then came one perfect, silent pulse. I feel whole, Sim Sarah whispered. Glorbnok gurgled contentedly. Working harder was worth it. Sarah closed the scene. Ugh. I know, agreed Kana. It's distressing how much you seem to respond to cliches. Sarah flipped through a few more simulated slices. One showed her garbed in knightly armor, training her mechanical limb to master the use of a sword that no hand of flesh and bone could master. Hey, look, no love interest in this one, Sarah pointed out. The sword began talking in a husky male voice. Is that sword negging you? Kana asked. Sarah switched to a different slice, then another, and another. One saw her set against a caricature of a rich girl in some kind of mechanical arm-related contest of fitness. There was arm wrestling and some kind of grip pressure test that measured how well you could regulate specific force within narrow bands. The scene culminated in some kind of mechanical arm fencing that ended with her sim throwing a weighted lead glove in her rival's shocked face. A raucous cheering ensued from the crowd. That probably has to do with some backstory you skipped, said Kana from beside her. She'd brought over some snacks and drinks. 
I think the context makes it pretty clear it was some sort of dual posturing thing. Yeah, that explains the glove, but like, why is it made of lead? Sarah shrugged, flipping her way through a few more. Do you know if I can keep some of these for later? I mean, sure, if you're willing to pay for storage. Sarah made a face. Eh. I'm kidding, of course you can keep it. Look. Kana tossed over a pamphlet she'd been reading behind her book. See? It comes as a part of the storage package included with the arm. Oh, neat. Sarah flipped through a few more slices. Glad to get something out of this. And here you thought losing an arm would be a pure loss. Kana settled in beside her as they watched through more. In a way, this is reassuring, said Kana. How so? Kana took her turn flipping through slice after slice of embarrassing inanity. 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 I mean, arm or not, this is definitive proof you are intrinsically, clearly, unabashedly the same corny old you. As they flipped through all the various simulations, Sarah couldn't help but smile. There was at least one constant. And every slice, every permutation, before the aliens or body snatchers or whatever magical destinies came into play, the scene always started the same way. She and her friend, waiting in the same room. Kana gave her a look. Why are you looking at me like that? You constipated or something? Before Sarah could respond, the helmet emitted a sharp ding that Sarah associated with microwaves. Looks like it's done, said this. Kana said. Try out your hand. Sarah raised her new hand toward her friend. She whirled her wrist, surprised by the comfortable ease of movement, before slowly articulating her open hand into a fist. Sans one finger. Kana grinned. See? Same old you for sure. So yeah, I really do love how the story is very di- is very dialogue heavy. We get to get a deeper look into Kana and and Sarah, um, and I really do enjoy a lot of the flow of 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 this because the style it, itself sort of ranges between um, this slightly colder tone to something that's a bit more warm when, when we're talking about these 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 characters. But of course, I also enjoy the world building and the sci-fi aspect to this story. So story is really uh, effective. Um, and I think it definitely like hits all of the marks. It uses, uses all, all, all of the words. So really great story this, this week, Komedo Soup. Yeah, um, I found it really wholesome. So obviously, so the structure here is um, we have all these scenes, but interspersed we have these interactions between yeah. these two lovely characters and i definitely I, you know i could tell what was going on especially by by midway through as she's learning to use his mechanical arm and then she's yeah getting the motivation to use the arm from her love interest that's right there um and <laughs> it's written in a way that there's definitely a chemistry between the two characters i, th- I feel um, how do you think they accomplish that? Yeah, I mean, I think 
One of the biggest reasons why you can clearly tell that there is chemistry between these characters is due to it being so dialogue heavy and how there's a certain sense of delicateness you can tell being between them. There's this like deep care um, that is very palpable throughout. And I think it's because these these characters have been brought to, to life through their dialogue. Um, and I really do like the the bits on how like using this the, this arm for, for, for someone else or comes comes into play. And we can see that even though this this is like a roadblock milestone within within both of their lives, that together they can sort of step past this and come together mm-hmm. even more so. Because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, did you pick up on what their relationship was? Um, I had the feeling by the end that they were friends, but there's definitely um, just an extremely strong uh, bond there and that it could be romantic, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily, yeah, it wasn't, it was in that, yeah, middle ground of just like really, really caring for each other. I think there wasn't like a lot of signals of any sort of sexual or like romantic, like longing between them. Um, and that's, that's totally okay. I always assume, you know, I, I, the, the pendulum swings and anytime, uh, girls are very friendly with each other. I'm like, oh, they should be lesbians. They should date. But, uh, now this is, I think in a place where it's just, yeah, it's a very, very close friendship that like could be romantic, but that's not what's important in this scene. This is just mostly about how they're like best friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, overall, I just really dug it. I think that the strongest part here is this connection beyond the world building, beyond the slight um, sci-fi aspect to this. I think the strongest point is just sort of seeing how these characters grow and how they progress together, which I really liked. And yeah, like at, like as you said, when you were first describing this story, it is very up. Up, uplifting you know there's there's just this really great sense of connection and uh, community w- within this piece that i i really love and i love reading it for that reason mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um and so the structure i think is it, i think the way that it's conveyed is with these characters making fun of each other um and being annoying with mm-hmm. each other I, I think that's kind of <laughs> how like most bonds are made i don't know why it is that that's how it is but it seems to me like most friendships and connections including like between humans and non-humans like pets is oftentimes just like annoyance and care and just like accepting even after that annoyance um and obviously there's like a really big range of ways that people do that but you know the whole i mean i think we've talked about this before but the whole like how to influence people and or how to win friends and influence people or whatever and it's like make people do Mm -hmm. favors for you um or ask people to do favors for you and yeah i think it's that sort of thing of just like causing a a small hardship and then seeing that they are taking it on for you because they they like you that way um Mm -hmm. yeah i i I, (laughs) so the little um scenes that uh go play while Sarah's uh, learning how to use the arm, I think, were really fun. Particularly when we 
go from the hot demon, which we were already primed for, into an amorphous nice. blob and Jill Jello on her arm. Um, yeah, that was that was great. This is helping her make something out of clay. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very good time. I do want to experience all these cliche stories. I love them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same same. Um, but cool. All right, I think that's all I have to say on this story. It was a great ride and it definitely up, uplifted my spirits this morning because I was definitely not feeling too too great. But after reading this, it just I don't know it it uh, wakened up my my heart after reading, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. We're going to be going through and talking about the stories from both weeks. Um, the ones that were a paired stories, like part of a series, I think we'll be talking about together. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, cool. So we will be talking about uh, some of these stories where um, the writer wrote multiple entries of it over the course of uh, multiple weeks. We're going to talk about those in larger blocks. So um, first up, we, sh- we will be talking about Just Stand 8460's um, Lightning in a Bottle. Um, yeah, so there, this is, there's two entries here. Um, mm-hmm. One is uh, Lightning in a Bottle the first week, and then the next entry, The Coming Storm. This is the one where the talking bird and the seer... Um, well, actually, so we, we get introduced... Um, our first character's sister, the one that he is chasing and trying to, to find, uh, who has seen the, the future. Um, and we're getting a lot more perspective switching now. We're switching between uh, mostly the little seer girl as well as the general, who's the antagonist here, um, and then jumping back into the uh, bird's perspective in the last one, which is interesting, just like of seeing the main character through that uh, first person um or second or third person minor character viewpoint of um, Good Feather, um, but basically, uh, General's trying to find the little seer girl being told to by his own witch. Um, doesn't find her in the first chapter, but does in the second one, and we kind of just have started escalating into our uh, climax of the story as um, Good Feather and the boy are about to arrive on the scene as well. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to take a moment to really talk about the the pros here. I'm currently looking at the second entry of it, Lightning in a Bottle, the first week. And I think the first section um, is it feels a lot like flavor text, but it is also sort of giving us getting us into the scene very well, um, using these very strong words, ember, skull, uh, forms, overhead, like like all of these, the, the, these words are sort of working in a tandem to sort of build out this scene. And I think that this style and, and flow is carried out throughout, throughout all of these. And I really enjoy reading it because it is a style that lends itself to really strong imagery, um, which of course is always a great thing. Uh, story, story-wise, I, I am really liking where the story is, is going. Uh, the changing in perspective was a little jarring for me, but I also love how, <clears throat> well, I just also love the choice of doing that. Cause I know switching from a first person to a, to a third person to a different th- first for first person can get so confusing writer side. 
and it can also really confuse your reader. But I think within this piece, the lines between perspectives were drawn strong enough to where I'm not lost when we are jumping to a different perspective to get additional uh, to get additional information that was missing from that first per perspective. So, I mean, overall, I just think that this is a really great um, it's a really great piece technically. It's doing like a lot of things that I really, really love. So overall, really great job. Loved reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any first person in here. I think I just misspoke when I when I said that earlier. Um, well, but, changing of yeah. per perspective. Yeah, yeah. From the yeah the different characters. Um, uh, yeah, definitely the imagery. I think it just like how the action is conveyed. I think is effective as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a good balance between that and the dialogue conveying those emotions of these characters. I definitely got the sense that the, um, the general was starting to panic and worry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in that sense of like, he doesn't want to believe the switch, but clearly there's something going on here and he's just suspicious and stuff. Um, and also the sort of subplots that are forming like in, in how the uh, general soldiers are starting to be violent in their own way. Um, and they're more violent than <laughs> soldiers normally are. Um, but uh, yeah, no, completely agree. It's definitely an enjoyable journey. And I'm looking forward to the climax of the story, even though we probably won't be talking about it on the podcast anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I'll definitely read it with, with bated breath. Um, but all right. Uh, the next story is by Walker by Faith with the Iron Eagle. Um, yeah, so we have two two parts here. Uh, one, um, the Iron Eagle, the superhero, uh, the cocky superhero, is at a conference when this little girl accuses him of killing her parents uh, as part of fighting a supervillain. And then she pulls out a gun and tries to kill him. And Iron Eagle responds by uh, decapitating her. Which, I mean, I get it. (laughs) Nice. You're right. (laughs) Um, But uh, then the second part, um, and this was like a plan by the general who hates uh, the Iron Eagle because he can't be controlled, um, to tank the Iron Eagle's sort of um, uh, ratings and such. And then they... Uh, have a conference with him and by the end ambush him and take his powers away. Mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I really do love how the story has built over these couple of uh, entries. Of course, Walker by Faith has has a really great style and a really good sensibility about stories. So I really do enjoy how this unfolded from the personal to, to much larger. Um, the The action within this was handled really well. I wasn't really con- confused, especially with so much going on. I know it's real easy for your action to get a bit muddied and, and maybe not be as invocative of what's actually happening, but this one was pretty on the mark for a good portion of, of it. Uh, and I really came to really care about Maggie, spending so much time with her. I just really enjoyed the timidness that she holds while also still, you know, being pretty strong. So great job overall. Yeah. The, the murderous, uh, <laughs> kid. Um, yeah, there's a good escalation of, of the, 
issue that gets presented there. And I think we definitely get more and more tired of Iron Eagle um, and his cockiness as we go through these entries. Definitely by the end, and he's kind mm-hmm. of like panically trying to hold on to his powers, saying, you know, you're America, you got to fix this. Um, and I definitely yeah. was like... But it's also hey, funny, I'm too. Lose all his powers. That's fine with me. Go General, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go Brave Go, go General, yeah. Well, I, I also like the comedy that, that's coming from Iron Iron Eagle, just like seeing this this cocky, this overly cocky figure. Um, and especially since we also got to see the real Iron Eagle in the previous entry about his own personal struggles and his own imposter sin, uh, syndrome that seeing him further it's like oh okay so i get this 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 character but he's just acting like an ass um Mm -hmm. so yeah really 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 great sort of adding those layers to these characters Mm -hmm. um yeah all right who's next yep so the next story is by nick to you with black skies and red earth so in this entry we have i think just um in short, we have a firefighting superhero with like ice powers and a bits of mm-hmm. psychic abilities as well, um, going through a burning building and trying to find and save people, um, but not being able to save everyone. I think he's able to save two people uh, jumping out of a building and wanting to rush back in, but he's told not to as the building collapses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I this is a, a really good. Uh, I really enjoyed reading this this story. Um, I enjoy a lot of the action within this. I, I sort of felt that that tension w- within the the prose. I felt sorry for the people that he that he couldn't save. Um, I do notice that there is this repetition of of I, and I do want to ask you how how you feel about mm. it. But I think it's fairly interesting just this i i i i mm-hmm. i just ran i was tough i i i rushed and it does sort of create this like claustrophobic sense with this character mm-hmm. since we're sort of stuck within this own character's mind which mm-hmm. i think is is really interesting um especially when i know i've always been taught to shy away from doing something like this to mm-hmm. yeah when it, it comes seems to like using i Exactly, exactly. And I think that's why I find it so interesting because it's sort of rebelling against the the main canon, you know, the like meta of of writing well to sort of create this feeling within the 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 reader. So I think that that's pretty effective, but but how do you feel about it? Um yeah, I'm looking through and trying to f- sort of see the the patterns there. Um I'm not quite able to to identify, but I think maybe you might be right that it does create a sort of uh, claustrophobic sense of just, you know, I I think it definitely increases a bit of like a sense of confusion um, as we sort of keep centering on this character rather than sort of viewing the um, situation directly, you know, rather than... um, uh, Rather than like, I couldn't even heal. I couldn't even feel her presence. She was burned bad and had a lot of smoke inhalation. It could have been um, her presence was weak. I could barely feel it, right? And the fact that we just keep returning to the eye, sort of like, yeah, it, it increases a sort of sense of panic. I think. 
Yes, it it it, it really does. I think you said something pretty strong about how since it's already since it's all it's always centering around the main character, we don't get to see what else is happening, which I feel is sort of mimicking the feeling of being in a burning building since you can't really uh-huh. see see much you're sort of your vision is is closed off it feels very claustrophobic so i think that it was a effective tool um i wonder like i'm just wondering about how other people might take it because i know to mm-hmm. some the rep the repetition of i over and like over some uh, some might say that it's on par with like lesser writing but at the same time, I think that it's used here purposefully. And because it is used purposefully, it is a tool. And I think that this tool has been used well within this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would be interested in seeing um, uh, what effect other people interpret that choice to have um, mm-hmm. to intentionally repeat the eye rather than having the varied sentence structure. Um, not that there isn't um, some variation. There definitely is we switch often from the I action sentences to a sentence about the surroundings without the subject at all, just the object. Yeah. Um, and that definitely increases uh, the sense of urgency because there, there is no subject there at all. There's just this, you know, just collapsing high. building. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But all right. Who's the next story? Yeah, so the next story is by Ace of Sword with Holding Out for a Hero. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that I think is technically um, one of those entries with with two parts as well. Um, but they're very different, mm-hmm. so I think we'll, we'll address them pretty separately. So um, the first one, this uh, hero, this champion, gets blasted by... Um, well, get, gets caught in a blast and thrown away from this woman who is now possessed by... Uh, her goddess, um, who's the goddess that the champion is for. Um, so at first we're like, oh, is this like a fight? Is this like, what's going on here? This is, you know, we're kind of ready to start rooting for the the hero. Um, but then uh, the goddess speaks and says that like, uh, you know, he was allowed to sleep with uh, priestesses. Um, he was allowed to, you know, have, um, you know, she wasn't like, puritanical but he made advances on this this priestess that that really that was not consenting and uh because of that uh she takes away all of his power and i thought that was a really great um yeah just like a i i I haven't seen that sort of situation presented before in this sort of fiction and um if we made a story last week it was the one that i wanted to read Mm -hmm. or made an episode last week i wanted to read this is the one that you want to read, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think I, I I also agree on that front. Like, this is a really great and effective story, and I like how this situation was handled. It wasn't terribly visceral, I don't think, but at, but at the same time, it got the point uh, across, and it gives reason as to why S- S- Sister Bale would um, take take his power uh, away. Um, and yeah, this overall it's very effective. It's it's using a lot of this e- evocative lang- language that sort of takes my my mind to a Catholic esque cathedral like setting, which I really like. And I like how we're able to really sit in this place and and, and moment for the duration of the 
of this story. So really effective. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, um, particularly once we get into the next entry, there's this implication of like, it was pretty significant that she took it away. She like does need a champion. It's not like, you know, she's, there's a, there's a prophecy and an invasion going on. Um, but it's just gonna have to be with another champion because this guy's just not good enough. Yeah. He just ain't, ain't cutting it, cutting it apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all right, cool. I think then we can lead into the next, the next entry, the part two, mm-hmm. um, which is also by Ace of Sword with, with where are all the gods? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here we uh, really expand the the scope and we go into that goddess's perspective. Um, and there's mm-hmm. just this fascinating image being built of this like magical, you know, Titanic, extremely powerful drill that is sort of drilling into her metaphorical skin. Um, and um, it is using her own like energy that would like dis- destroy it into drilling more. Um, yeah. And just generally, it, yeah, there's a sense of it being Titanic. Um, and it's something extremely tiny for her. Um, but uh, there are three other gods. One is nearly dead already, a, basically a corpse. Mm-hmm. Another one is suffering a lot and then the last one is um hasn't been gotten to like she has and yeah it's definitely pretty dire for these gods um who seem so powerful but can't really uh defend themselves and um anyway the decision she's making here is trying to find another champion um choosing to bless a generation of children but also Uh a girl nearly dies smashing an evil automaton yeah so yeah this this story as you said does really widen the uh, scope and i think that is definitely due to the switching of these pros to talk about these like larger ones like like there's this line really really early on um across the universe allen could hear zun veil veil of veil of twilight stifling his 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 pain and like just lines like like that are sprinkled throughout that are evocative of these sort of larger than life non-tangible concepts which i think works really well when we are talking about gods um i do like how even though we are talking about all of this larger stuff we are sort of we 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 maintain our focus on this main character and her in and her intentions and due to her choices we are we then see all like a whole slew of, of, of consequences possibly spilling out from, from that. So I really like this, this, this entry because of its effect on the wider story. And of course the pros are on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the grand scope for the grand God like scope of it is definitely felt with how um, these are described. I particularly liked the sort of like, I don't know the, the, titanic um i don't know like with the one god that's like almost a corpse already builder of uh lodal right i think builder of builders mm-hmm. is not dead almost a corpse i'm just picturing him just being like just like a gigantic being just like hollowed out um and it sounds like gross and sad and um but also just like fascinating um 
what's interesting here is that we kind of don't have any idea like why uh they're doing this why are these gods trying to be or being devoured basically by these mm -hmm. automatons um and definitely yeah that that mystery that is being left there felt natural um and i was interested i was interested in figuring out what the hell these porcelain faced automatons are yeah yeah definitely that's why i'm looking forward to seeing what what a next entry would would have for for this story cool but all right up next is by nick to you with reign of crunchy <laughs> yeah so interesting um I, I i don't know the the name of this villain is interesting um but uh, we have these two characters who are streaming um, and, but they also sound like they're sort of like in, in a um, underground like war sort of radio. That's sort of the style that it's taking place. The fact that it's both like underground and during a wartime, but also they're streaming it like gamers. Um, but apparently they are uh, flying a sci-fi slash fantasy technomancy um, monster truck through the air with drones as well um, over this territory where this some sort of evil, powerful being named Crunchy has taken over. Um, they're able to drop off some care packages and get away. Um, and uh, in that moment, they sort of <laughs> can't focus on streaming because they're so terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, well, the, I, I like the the tone of of this the, this story. It's sort of there's there's weight to it, but of course there's this slight sense of uh, levity kicked kick uh, sprinkled throughout. Um, I think that the pros are, are, are really solid. This um, guy Cody, uh, I think, is hilarious personally. Um, sure. Yeah, <laughs> in, in like a self serious way. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I overall just really like this this story. It's playing with a lot of different characters um, and is really quickly building this superheroed world, which I think is really cool and it's effective, um, especially building it so quick and trying to get to a character changing moment really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I definitely like the sort of tension that's being built between these two. Uh, streamers, <laughs> like definitely, I don't know, kind of get a sense they almost just like straight up don't like each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I do like this sort of budding ri uh, rivalry, and I am definitely looking forward to seeing where it goes from from here. We we've set up everything, we set up the world, set up the uh, the the character. So I'm I'm eager to see how this status quo will be disrupted later. Mm-hmm. Um. I, 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 yeah, um, I think it works as its own little thing, just a little dip into um, this world of <laughs> magic streamers and stuff. Um, yeah. It definitely sets up the world building questions, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, it functions to do what it uh, what it set out to do, which is sort of, um, I think having these streamers sort of confront like actual danger and having to drop their act even just for a second. <clears throat> yeah yeah so really really great great entry um but all right uh our next story is by quat q a t t t with superhuman painter this is from a couple of uh weeks ago uh, where the words are bland fashion quaint and painter 
Quats and Nick to you, I think I think we recorded like a day early or something. And so their stories came in um, just afterwards, basically. But we wanted to get to them now because there's no reason why we have to, to miss those. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, so we have this uh, painter um, going in and sort of uh, uh, judging this entire place because it's um, owned by a hero who clearly like can't afford better than what they have. Um, and uh, we get revealed at the end that this is Superman. <laughs> um, and just, I think like the mystery that we sort of build there um, of just like, yeah, there's just like a normal interaction between um, uh, Superman and just like a normal painter because he's not going to paint it himself. He's Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but yeah this this story is is a really nice one it it carries this very light tone to it uh it's it's funny while also still having some some really strong strong prose i love how we seem to be jumping back and forth into this uh main character's head so we get to understand a a bit more about them how they're focused like almost obsessed with paint uh, is is a really nice touch to this uh, character, and yeah, overall it was a really it was a really interesting read that um, made me laugh a couple times. So really great job, mm-hmm. Quiet. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that we are getting new writers even this close to us. Uh, you know, getting all frazzled and stuff. So I think that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And our last story for this week is by Nick to you with the Secret Lives of Superheroes. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so this is just like a nice little interaction. We have um, just a group of I think they're all women superheroes uh, climbing into their lair that they're just setting up. They, they barely even have office supplies. Um, and uh, they all have these like fun names, I think, kind of, I don't know, there feels like there's a theme, even though there's kind of not um, like centipede, dragon moth, uh, dog, dog pile. pile. Yeah, it was I think their older name, but um yeah there's just a lot of implications of just like yeah these are sort of getting started they're like in between sort of phases um and uh they just kind of uh shoot the shit a little bit and we get to know a bit of the mm-hmm. personalities um and yeah it's just a, like a, a nice little interaction yeah this is definitely the like slice of life superhero comedy i've been waiting for because um, yeah it just carries this really nice light tone while also you know of course doing some some like world world building we are hit with all these very heavily stylized and and uh comedic names so it the story is sort of ask us to not to, to not take it too too seriously as we go through and just hear them shoot uh, shoot the shit talk about the old days um yeah, I don't know. This this seems like a really great scene within a larger story. But again, I really like how the story is sort of self-contained and allows us to not only get to know these the, the, these characters, but begs us to just enjoy reading it, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the interactions between all of them are um, comfortable. I think there's um, a lot of characters in here, so it's kind of hard to keep track, but that's just how it goes, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this story may have worked basically just as well if one or two of them had been combined. Um, yeah. But 
Um, I also want to say I, I do love the ending line. Just like it's it's a nice little just like punchline. Because um, after all of this, <laughs> you know, banter going back and forth, um, there's just like a awkward pause, and then nice weather we've been having. Dragon Moth said, and the dog has <laughs> been asked, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Which is mm-hmm. shooting down the the small talk. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, really, really great story. Um. But all right, I think it's high time to say thank you to everyone who did leave a story. So thank you very much to JustStan8460, Ace of Sword, Nick Yu, Komato Soup, Walker by Faith, and Quats. Uh, and we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's can condense all of your own thoughts on on your stories for others to read, but you're also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only that can only improve them and you as writers. So thank you very much to Justin8460, Ace of Sword, Walker by Faith, Nick to you, and Komato Suit. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, there was some there has been some really nice discussion for the last while um, between everyone. And I've always really, really appreciated seeing that. Um, and obviously, I think, you know, we should say thank you to everyone else who's ever submitted the story to do the right thing. Um, I really hope we are yeah. able to to continue this. Um, but regardless, it's been just like really fucking awesome to <laughs> uh yeah get so many participating people and know that we're inspiring writers and seeing y'all improve it's actually that definitely has been my favorite part just the massive improvements um you know we've seen from writers from their first stories submitted to the podcast up to their most recent ones and um you know we've had a lot of new writers um over time which i has also been really really nice but also i just want to like there's several people that like have been writing the whole time or, you know, we would have writers that, um, you know, wrote years ago and then they left for like a year, but then they came back again for a story here and there. And I think that was really, really yeah. cool. Um, mm-hmm. so. yeah. I mean, it's, this whole thing has definitely been the highlight of, of my, my weeks, definitely seeing y'all stories, seeing y'all's improvement, and also just seeing how much y'all are willing to engage with the podcast and, and how much joy it seemed to have given y'all is definitely the biggest reason why we kept doing the podcast for as long as we we mm-hmm. have. And yeah, the hope is that we will definitely still be able to read your, your stories. We'll definitely still be able to comment under your stories. So keep doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll hope to to give you all encouragement that way. Um, if anyone has like done something with the writing that they got on Do the Right Thing, I think now would be a great time to show us. I, we would really, um, really appreciate that. Like if you got published somewhere or just you went back and revised something, um, we would mm-hmm. love for you all to send that in. So, um, but okay, uh, Jarvis, what are the final words that we are um, leaving off as as we? Uh, take this hiatus, indefinite hiatus from Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Let's make sure they're good. Yeah, so, yeah, we have to make sure that that they're really good ones. Well, first, the first word is right. Second one is, is, is visual, soak, and perceive. Well, I, okay, that's nice. I Wait, is it right or right? I want it to be right. <laughs> Yes, it is right. W R I T. 
Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's actually kind of nice. Uh, we did use a random word generator, um, as we always do. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, so one of the words is writing, um, this thing that you guys have been doing this entire time. So that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we really have to define writing. I guess if you want to define writing, you can go back to any of our episodes before now. Yeah, um, <laughs> including this one. <laughs> Including this one. Um, All right. Mm -hmm. the visual, um, which is um, sort of taking an object of what you can see at a given moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think there is a trope with like in, in the military saying that they need a visual um, on, you know, the target or whatever. Um, and uh, obviously like in a movie or something, that's the visuals that you're seeing just in general. Um, when you see a thing, that's a visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a visual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then so, um, up next is perceive. Or soak, right? Soak, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so to soak something is to place it in a liquid and then just let the liquid be absorbed over time. Um, so you can just soak in bath water. Um, what are some other like particular soaks that you can do? I, I, there's plenty. Um, um, yeah, you can soak a tea bag. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think. Or steep, I think is the mm. proper word for it, but soak would still work. Um, steep, just like, yes. Yeah, you can, yeah. I think you could technically soak um, a steak in a marinade, but I'm pretty sure the correct word is marinate. So marinated, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, soak um, can be used to describe anything that is submerged in in some liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then perceive, which is to see something. So obviously a little bit of a uh, theme going on here um, with uh, visuals and perception. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, to see something, to take it into your um, visual of the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Jarvis, so, tell me, what's, what's your most mini story of all time that, that you have My most written? mini story. Um, mm -hmm. Well... As I soak in my bathtub with and and perceive the shower head raining down on me, I catch a mental visual of all the good times, all the podcasts and all the <laughs> stories that has amazingly graced my life. Mm -hmm. And as I sit back with a cool glass of some liquid, I... I'm glad Someone. that I was able to do the right thing. Okay. You know you're supposed to wait to say that until I do my story. Well, yeah, but I used right, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah, Do you want to put your story at the end? We can, sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Unless if you have a better closer. No. Which no, I think you, um, you probably do. Oh, I, I don't. Um, so uh, there was a sponge that was sentient and it was uh, soaking uh, with all the dishes for some use. They left the, 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 they didn't perceive that the sponge was in the dishes with the, in the water. And it was really, it was gross. Um, and then when the sponge went home, cause that was its day job. Um, and it went to write because that was its hobby. 
um it uh the paper got all wet um actually no it was, it was on a laptop and it got the laptop wet and then the screen the, like visuals were it was all glitchy because they got water it got water in it that's my story thank wow. you that that's a sad story yeah um, <laughs> um thank well you. uh if if that sponge um was a bit smarter uh when it came to his to to their writing uh i don't think they would have used a a, a laptop because i've always felt that using pen and pen and paper is probably the right thing to do better for the environment better much better <laughs> okay um bye it's uh, i had a good time i i'll, I'll miss you yeah. kisses I, I will miss y'all too big 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 hug big XD plus ratio <laughs> <laughs>